Are you a woman in the middle? You're in the right place. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and you are listening to the Women in the Middle podcast, episode number eight. Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode, which is all about what to do when you're absolutely miserable at work and how, as much as you might not want to believe it, you have more control over your feelings than you might think. I'm also going to give you some tips about how to move forward and be happier if you stay at your job or if you decide to move on. When you're a woman in the middle, there's more on the line when you realize you're not happy at work. Your feelings can still help you figure out what you want, but wow, it can be pretty frustrating to be miserable at work. Midlife misery loves company, so let's have an honest talk about why you are not happy at work especially when your job is totally fine. In fact, I bet that job of yours looks fantastic on paper. You know which one I'm talking about, right? The job with amazing benefits. The job with more paid vacation than you've ever had before. The job with a steady salary. The job that satisfies your need for stability. Yes, my friends, that job. I wonder if you're sitting at your miserable desk at your miserable job right now listening to this episode. Maybe you're also in your miserable office with your own door. Or maybe a miserable cubicle. They're the worst. At my last job, there was talk for about 10 years of moving into this new building where it was going to be completely leading edge and completely efficient and completely open concept. None of us were happy about that. That misery started early. Regardless, I bet you feel like you're wasting time at this miserable job that looks so good on paper. Maybe you're listening to this episode during a miserable commute. Maybe it's not the job. Maybe it's the commute. Whatever the case, you're probably feeling like you're just going through the motions and not really present. You might even feel stagnant, like you're not going anywhere, like life is passing you by, like something is missing. I bet you're starting to think about making a change. When you're a miserable woman in the middle, you eventually let this idea cross your mind. But you're confused about what steps to take, so you don't. You're feeling some fear about the unknown. Maybe you don't know exactly what you want. You think to yourself, how could I possibly make a change when I have such a good, stable job that has great benefits and a nice salary? That's what I used to think all the time. That thought is usually followed by something like this. What's wrong with me? And maybe a little bit of, I'm only seven years from retirement or whatever that number is for you. If I could just hang on and stick this out, everything would be great. I don't know what it's like where you are, but I've participated in plenty of conversations like this with other women in the middle, crunching numbers about retirement. Then you usually feel more confused, more self-indulgent, more frustrated, and you're right back into the thought spin cycle, getting nowhere fast. I used to play a little game with myself when I was miserable at work. I would think about where I was on the misery scale from one to 10. (laughs) I would rationalize that as long as my level of misery was under five on the scale, I should just work on my coping skills and suck it up. 
What I didn't know then was that in order to work on my coping skills, I needed to work on my thoughts. It's important to ask yourself why you're miserable, not just talk about how miserable you are. I know that it's way more fun just to complain about being miserable. I know that your friends have heard this all before. They've heard you talking about how miserable you are. (laughs) My life coaching clients tell me, they tell me why they're miserable on a pretty consistent basis. See if any of these reasons resonate with you. Their boss gives them bad reviews and they don't deserve them. Their boss is less qualified than they are and it drives them crazy. They don't make what they're worth or their salary is lower than industry standard. They're not as productive as before because they're bored to tears or hate what they're doing. They've been reorganized out the yin-yang again and again and again, and their job isn't the same as it was when they started work there. It's not the one that they were hired to do. They have too much responsibility because colleagues have been laid off and they're working more than ever. They've been there a long time and aren't growing anymore, probably too long. Pretty good reasons for feeling miserable, right? Girlfriends in the middle? I totally see how these things can get you down and can really just make you feel bad at work. But when we want to have more mindfulness practice in our lives, we have some work to do because we know there's more going on. Just like your job, these reasons look good on paper, but they aren't the real reason that you feel miserable. I would like to suggest that the way you think about your job is what's making you miserable. It's not your job, not your boss, not your review, not your salary. If you've been listening to my podcast, you won't be surprised when I remind you of the thought model. It's an amazing little coaching tool that I introduced in episode two. The thought model helps you really see what you're thinking and how the way you're thinking creates your feelings and ultimately the results in your life. Here's a quick summary of how it works. Every situation has facts and thoughts about those facts. Facts can also be called circumstances, and these are things in your life that happen. They're neutral. So if you had 10 people in a room, everyone would agree on the facts. They're black and white. They can be proven. On the other hand, thoughts are sentences in your mind about those facts. They're subjective. They're opinions. They're personal to you. 10 people in a room wouldn't necessarily agree on a thought about a fact. Your thoughts create your feelings. So when you feel miserable, it's because you're thinking something that is creating that feeling for yourself. Most people think it's something in their environment or something that happened to them that makes them feel the way they feel. It's typical. It's such a common way to think, but that's not how it really works. There's something in the middle. There is a thought in between the circumstance and what you're feeling. Let's take a closer look at these common reasons for feeling miserable at work and see what's really going on, and hopefully you can identify with something here. Your boss gives you a bad review. This is a thought. The completed review on a specific date is the actual fact. I know that this thought feels like a fact, but it's not. What you think is bad may not be bad to someone else. It's subjective. It's a thought. The fact which is the review, is actually neutral. 
It's what you think about the review that creates the problem for you. Maybe that it wasn't fair or that your boss isn't qualified or the review doesn't reflect your work. Or maybe you're worried that the review will affect your pay increase or lack thereof. So you can see that the review itself doesn't make you feel bad. Your thoughts are what make you feel bad. Here's another common thought. You think that you deserve a higher salary. I'm not arguing with you. (laughs) I'm just suggesting that this is a thought. Your actual salary, the number, is the fact. It's neutral. It's like your weight. The actual number on the scale is neutral. It's what you think about it that is not neutral. So in this case, it's your thoughts about your compensation. That's what's the problem. And your thought is what creates your feelings. Maybe you think it's not fair. Maybe you think or you know that the industry standard is way more than what you're making. Or that since your colleague was laid off, your job got bigger, but your pay didn't. When you think the thought, you feel unhappy and dissatisfied. But again, it's your thought creating your feelings, not your salary. How about this thought? You've been reorganized five times and your job isn't the same anymore. This is a fact. You can determine how many times you've been through a reorg and also the change in your job description. But this is a factual circumstance and not the reason you feel the way you feel. It's neutral. It's what you think about the reorg that creates your feeling. Maybe you no longer respect decision makers at your job. Maybe you resent that you're doing three jobs instead of one. Maybe you're angry that your job changed and you liked your last job description better. Or maybe you're in a different department and you liked your last department better. Again, it's your thoughts making you feel the way you feel, not your new structure. Here's another example. You're working too many hours. This is also a thought. You're choosing to think it. You can figure out the number of hours that you work. That's the fact. Let's say you work 60 hours. The number is neutral. So even though all your girlfriends agree that 60 hours is horrible, the actual number 60 is neutral. It's what you think about the number of hours you're working that creates the problem, and that is what creates the way you're feeling. Maybe you're tired of being taken advantage of by not being paid adequately for your extra time. Maybe you really don't want to work this much at this stage of your life. Maybe you're annoyed that your manager or your director or VP isn't doing a good job and that's why there's too much work to be done in the first place. These thoughts create the way you feel, not the number of hours worked. Finally, you've been there too long and aren't growing anymore. This is a common thought that I hear from my clients, other amazing women in the middle. The number of years you've been at your job is the fact. Maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's 15, maybe it's 23, it doesn't matter. That is the fact and that's what's neutral. But your thoughts and opinions aren't neutral and that's what's driving you nuts. That's creating your feelings. Do you think you should have moved on a few years ago? What does being there too long mean to you? What do you make it mean that you no longer get any professional development? There used to be professional development, but there's not anymore. Why do you think you're not growing? Why do you think you're not putting yourself out there anymore to grow and take on new challenges? What would you be doing if you were growing? This is what makes you feel whatever negative feeling you have about your job. It's these types of thoughts. The problem is always your thinking. 
Actually, this is good news. The way you think about the fact is the key. The way you think about all the circumstances in your life, that's the key. Not everyone will have the same thoughts about the facts. Let's take a close look at one of these that was true for me. I thought the reason I was miserable at work was because I was there for almost 20 years. 19 to be exact, almost to the day. It was about 14 years in when I noticed that I started feeling miserable. The fact or circumstance was how long I was at this job. Everyone in a room would agree on this fact because my start date was black and white. It was provable. But everyone would not agree on my thoughts about this fact. People feel differently about long-term employment. People feel differently about having a stable job. Someone who was one year from retirement wouldn't think the same way I did. Someone else might only think it's too long when they maxed out their vacation time. There's no agreement because it's subjective. Long-term, stable employment is desired by many. So why is this so important? Why am I going on and on about (laughs) this concept and the thought model and how it applies? Because as women in the middle, it's a very good thing to know what you can change, how you can take more control over your life. There are different ways to think about facts. There's no right or wrong answer about how to think. Thoughts are optional. They are optional ways to think about facts. That's it. You have a choice. Knowing that thoughts are optional is super empowering. And thoughts themselves are extremely powerful because they create feelings. When I thought, I've been at my job too long, when I thought that thought, I felt fear and I felt badly about my choice to stay. These feelings surprised me, especially fear. But I realized that I was actually fearful of putting myself out there to make a change and find another job. I didn't think I was, but when I pushed myself to take a close look at myself, I realized I really was fearful and that was why. I thought potential employers would think negatively about me because I stayed at my job too long, like it was a cop-out, or I took the easy way out, or I wasn't up to date on my skills, something like that. Feelings create action or behavior. So when I felt fear, I didn't actively look for a new job at the level I would need to do to actually find one. I dipped my toe into the job hunt, but it wasn't serious. So the result, nothing changed, which completely proved my thought that I've been at my job too long. As you can see, my thoughts created my results, not the fact that I was at my job since 1994. Your circumstances in life don't cause you to feel a certain way either, but the way that you think about your circumstances, that's what causes the feelings. This mindfulness stuff can rock your world, seriously. We are very comfy comfy, cozy, blaming people and things for the way we feel. It's not really useful. And when I say blame, I do it lovingly. I don't mean being obnoxious about it or being weak about it. Blame can be a subtle thing. It's a shift in the way we think about our power to change something. When we think something outside of us is to blame or that it's someone else's fault We feel like a victim to our circumstance rather than understanding the actual power that we have, the power in our thinking. The key 
to being happier and more content is to fully accept that you have the power to make yourself feel anything you want to feel. It's the ultimate in empowerment. It's true emotional adulthood. You can be happier at work if you want to be, even with the incompetent boss, even with the bad reviews, even with the different job title, and even with having to work more hours. You can still want to leave. I'm not saying you have to stay. You can still decide to move on, though, to another job. You can do whatever you want. You just need to like your reasons, which are now way easier to see once you know the difference between a fact and a thought. The bottom line is that you have more ability than you think you do when it comes to managing your emotional life at your job. Remember, your job won't make you happy, but your thoughts about your job sure can. Try this one on for size. Think of being miserable at work as a choice that you are actively making. You're choosing to be miserable at work. It's not your job making you miserable. It's you making you miserable. Let's go back to the example of having to go through a ton of reorgs. When you think, I can't believe we're being reorganized again, you hate it and you're aggravated. But you know that your thought creates your feelings. So you can decide to think something else on purpose. Something like, I'm learning to adjust to this reorganization. That's a thought that's available to you. It's believable and it creates way more neutral feelings. If you notice that thinking about your salary is making you crazy, dig a little bit and notice what you're thinking. When you think that you're being underpaid, you're miserable. Try thinking about how grateful you are to have a job and learn what you like and don't like so your next job is a better fit with what you're looking for, right? You can use the time and experience you have and the contacts you have and the access you have at your miserable job, and you can shift your thinking to being grateful that you're employed while you're learning what you want, while you're learning more about what you like and what you don't like so that things are better at your next job. It's all perspective and emotional adulthood, really. Like I said, even if you decide to leave this job, you can be less miserable as you're hatching your exit strategy. You just need to manage your mind. Instead of thinking, I can't wait to get the hell out of here, which makes you feel anxious and perhaps even desperate, try thinking, I am grateful I have an income while I'm learning to find my next job. Another example of gratitude, but learning how to find a job is a skill. It takes time to develop a skill. So you can be grateful, you can appreciate the fact that you're employed right now while you're learning. It's a small shift, but it creates a huge emotional result. I hope you're not rolling your eyeballs into the back of your head. I'm not suggesting you walk around being Susie Sunshine and surround yourself with rainbows and daisies. Seriously, I'm not. But I am suggesting that you take a second to notice how the thoughts that you are choosing to think are making you feel. Notice that you're being indulgent when you keep thinking stuff that makes you feel like crap. It keeps you small. It makes you miserable. Yes, it does take work to manage your mind and to own up to the idea that your thinking may not be serving you. Yes, it takes practice to think new thoughts. And yes, it can be challenging to stay on top of yourself like this. But a little birdie told me that you can do hard things. 
I think it's absolutely worth it to notice what you're thinking, how you're feeling, exactly why you're feeling that way, and what you can do about it. Okay, ladies, that's it for today. Thanks so much for joining me on this amazing ride. Being a woman in the middle is the best place to be. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. I would love to hear what you thought, too, so how about leaving me a review on iTunes? I know it's a bit of extra effort, but there's a reward. First, you'll know deep in your heart that you made this midlife gal smile. Also, I'll be doing a draw over the next few weeks for 10 lucky reviewers to win a free hour of coaching. Just go to womeninthemiddlepodcast.com forward slash iTunes for totally simple instructions for how to leave your iTunes review. And good luck. You might be the lucky winner of some free coaching. Thanks for listening to this episode of Women in the Middle. If you liked what you heard and want more, head over to womeninthemiddlepodcast.com slash guide to download a free actionable guide that will help you break out of your midlife funk and start living the life you want.